show, first podcast. That's how you're going to start off the fucking podcast? The first one, yeah. <laughs> so it just starts? It just begins. Okay. No, no, no. How no. are you going to start? Go, you started it off then. So, first podcast. <laughs> Hold on. Action. Business is booming. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's fine. You got it? Got it. You had her here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. You breaking news. First episode, we got the scoop, the inside scoop. Business is booming. So, uh, I'm going to use that. JC. I'm a, that's going to be the title Mr. of the Dude, first what podcast. What I call you, Mr. Mr. Sanchez or Mr. Chirinos? Mr. Chirino Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how many pieces of art do you own? One. Pedro's? Yep. That's it? Uh, from what I consider art, I guess. Original work. That's the only one you own? Yeah. Hmm. I thought you were more than that. I have my own work. Which one do you have? Of my work? Yeah. Shit that I've done when I was a kid. <sighs> Does it count? Really? <laughs> <I'm just playing. laughs> I mean, no, I don't include it in my quantity of owned artwork. Does your girl own any original work? Um, She has a few pieces. I'm not sure how, I mean, I know they're originals. I don't know how popular the artist is, but yeah, she has a few pieces. Yeah, there. that doesn't matter how yeah. popular. I mean, it does if you're like Yeah, investing. I mean, it might, it might, the thing is, like, it'd probably be something, uh, I don't think you would get it at Target or nothing like that. It seem it's on canvas. It's, it's more like an abstract piece. Um... Not anything from like Z Gallery or some shit, but somewhere in the middle. Why Z Gallery? Like you think that's dope? No, but I mean like because it kind of has that style, but I, I guess Z Gallery has more of a brand behind it where like someone hearing Z Gallery, okay, like that's something you know, most likely have in the home. It's a little bit more expensive, you know, Z versus. Z like same fucking West Elm. I guess to some degree, even but even yeah, that, like West, box store. don't you ex- don't you think West Elm would be considered a better product than something you would get at Target? Like, no, probably come from the same place. It'll be more. You probably pay more for it. Well, yeah, I see what you mean. <coughs> I mean, they're both big, big, big box stores. Is my point. I mean, if the work looks yeah, but what good if you sold like your it, painting at Z Gallery? Would it still be considered a big box store painting? Yeah, because I don't think they sell original work like that. Like I think they sell Jaclays and shit. That like shit that. is signed. No man, what I'm saying is I think it's like. Um, so if if there's a piece if there's a piece on canvas signed at a place like Z Gallery or West Elm or Target. And it's on canvas. Does that take away from it being something that you would consider art, or good art, or decent art, or something of that level? No, it's just mass produces. What I'm saying, those canvases 
are printed by machines just like they print no this isn't well it doesn't doesn't look printed this is like acrylic on canvas yeah like somebody actually made it yeah yeah when i think when so i think of a piece that you buy like a z gallery or a ross or a fucking west elm or at walmart or ikea like these are like there's millions of those they're just printed on canvas you know that's what i'm saying it's not it's a big box store it's like it's like you buy a shirt so but can you multi-produce painting on canvas acrylic acrylic on canvas no if it's actually painted or can they reproduce that the same because if it was mass produced it would be printed yeah so it's safe to say if the paint has texture if it's actual paint on canvas then it's an original piece somebody painted it yeah yeah if somebody painted you wouldn't it like be able to manipulate that on a machine you could what they do sometimes is they'll they'll print it and then they take clear paint on top on top too yeah uh, paint on top or then they take clear like a like the texture and I've then seen it that gives before, it but it's not. You could tell when that when they do that. Yeah, if you look at it up close. Yeah, no, the one the one my girl has in the living room, it's that's an original piece. Let me ask you: Does that, in in your view, do you think that that takes away from the work? Like, if you walked into any of these places and you happen to see something that you like, like, would you purchase it? Well, obviously, if you like it, you probably get it, right? Yeah, I don't think it takes away from the work. Um, I think... How can I say this? Once it's purchased, it's different. What do you mean? It's one thing to see four or five paintings that look similar, mass-produced, sitting on a rack, then finding the one that you like and taking it home and those other four don't exist not at least in that environment someone else walking in is only seeing that piece they're not seeing it on a rack they're seeing it in your home which turn which came from you picking that piece that person is not going to know whether it came off a rack or if it was an original unless they're like really looking at the work itself but if you're buying work to fit into your overall environment like your space because it ties into what you want your thing to look like because at the end of the day that room itself was created by the homeowner if it's your room and every little everything you set up painting vase sculpture your pen holder yeah all of that is placed in specifics maybe not everybody takes it to that degree of organization i do and i know there's a lot of people like me so i think that whole setup in itself becomes the art and that piece is just part of the bigger scheme so whether or not it was mass produced is irrelevant at that point if you're buying it to hang it up to put a spotlight on it and say oh i, ha I own an art piece then maybe not maybe it does take away at that point because then someone who knows about art or knows about painting is going to come in there and see it and be like who are you kidding yeah yeah you're saying if it like if it goes with the overall theme of the way the room looks cuz they could you could you could easily get a jar put sand in it and uh -huh. put some shelves 
uh-huh. you created that. You put it in your bathroom and you have a C theme in your bathroom. Yeah. So your whole bathroom becomes an art piece. But does it become an art piece or, the, or is it just nicely decorated? So is, de- is decorating considered art? You're intentionally decorating a room for viewing purposes, for people to come in there and see it and have a feel and have a theme. You're essentially creating art. I, I know I you go back to, art, okay, then maybe you could separate fine art and just art in general. Because I know you always point out no, that if it like was created design. with intentional, that's with like intention, this. but then it's design art. If you're designing mm. with the intention to be art. So when when does that break happen? When When is a designer not intentionally creating a space to be visually pleasing? Yeah, that's the thing. The fine art. Fine art isn't confined to it. It doesn't have to be visually pleasing. It doesn't even have to conform to anything. That's why you see the craziest shit in museums and galleries around the world. It doesn't have to. Yeah, but it can. Does it? It being visually pleasing qualify it as art if if that was the intention. Mm, that's a good question. I don't know if well Warhol. Right, Warhol mass-produced work. Like he made he made no bones about it, you know. Like he mass-produced work, he made fucking everything you could think of. The whole silkscreen thing was so he could produce work faster. The whole his whole shop and all that was called the factory. Uh, he often got other people to make work for him. Uh, there was at some point. I think it was like his lawyer or his dealer was the one signing the paintings. Like there's a certain time frame that if the signature says Warhol on it, odds are his lawyer or his dealer signed it. Like there was a whole thing. He wanted to change his name to John Doe at one point. Whatever. The point is, like he made no bones about it of mass producing work. Like to the point where it could be a wallpaper um, and then a, a lot of his reoccurring themes are like famous people, shoes, uh, brands, um, money, you know, so. And this work was originally created by Warhol, just signed by someone else. Yeah. You know, so it, it. He he also did a lot of work, but this the techniques he used kind of helped set the tone to the way a lot of artwork is produced. A lot of fine artwork is produced nowadays, to where it's almost like uh like the same way they build this road, man, where you have like the main contractor, and then you have people that work under the contractor to deliver a product. Yeah, doesn't Brito do that? I know a lot of people that I've met that work for Brito and they talk about like producing the work. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do that. You think that takes away from the work? If you if you like in your head do you think the artist has to touch the work himself or produce the work himself? I think it depends on it depends on the perspective what view are you looking at this if you if you're 
if if you're talking to the artist and you're asking him at what scale do you produce art and he says i have an art piece in everybody's house but yeah. none of like 80 percent of those aren't original then he can't say that now what do you mean, what do you mean? like original in what sense let's say let's say he, I, I i'm an artist i make 10 paintings uh-huh. i give it to my people they make 100 out of those uh-huh. now i say oh i got a painting in 110 people's houses uh-huh now I'm bullshitting because I only have ten paintings. The rest of them are reproductions, right? So from an artist standpoint, you can't claim to be filling up homes with pieces if those pieces weren't painted by you. But now, or can you? That's the thing. Or can you? Like does I don't it think you can. I don't. I, for me, that's where it takes away. Because you're saying if if it does it take away from from the work, it, it it's about perspective. From his end, it's about original work, producing original work. Yeah. To be able to say, like, I painted that. He can't say I painted that if it's not a painting. If it's a photo of a painting and it was printed, you didn't paint that. Yeah. That was a copy of what you did paint. Yeah, like There's something you did paint that looks like that, but that's not the piece. Yeah. Now, from a consumer standpoint, they have a record of that piece. To them, it might be as equal in the essence of having that original piece. Yeah. Because it's it's just simply an image of it. If Again, it fits into their theme. They like that piece. Maybe there's only very few pieces in the world. And they, they want to have that visual of that piece up, knowing it's a reproduction. But to them, it doesn't matter. It's the idea of having that piece there because they find it interesting they can have a conversation about it and the whole i think the whole point of consumers having work in their homes is to engage in conversation to engage in their uh company to come and see something and say oh hey i like that oh hey that's interesting and of course if they point that out it's the reason why you got it so it's a conversation sparker yeah you know that's why they call them conversation pieces and all that shit yeah you know i think the, the majority of consumers have that perspective i mean i'm talking out of my ass right now i'm assuming well no there's no just real numbers but that's 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 how i see it personally again if if you're someone who's like an art connoisseur and you actually want to have a collection and your purpose behind that is investing in artwork or having gatherings with other artists or people but at the, essentially the people you're inviting over to see that work you're open to selling it to them that would be someone who's buying like real work and when you're inviting people over to talk about stuff yeah you're gonna have the things that you like that you don't want to get rid of but those people are there and someone's gonna like a piece and offer you some money and you're not gonna say no um some people might it, it all depends like Somebody goes to your house, they offer you money for your couch, like you're gonna sell them your couch. You probably would. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <be> like sold. <laughs> you got a price. I probably would do the same. Sh- that was my couch, but I'll probably do the same shit if a piece of work. If like, they pay, if yeah. they offered you more money than what your couch is worth, would you not sell it? I don't know. I mean, if I could get another one, then I yes. But, but what if you I couldn't mean, get another one? If that's where it becomes like, that's okay. where it becomes tricky, you know. Yeah. Especially with, especially with artwork. Imagine, you like Pedro's piece is a perfect example, right? Like somebody came in and they told you, "Man, I love that piece." 
mind you, this is the only one you own too. So it's like even more, like even more, you know. And you know, yes, can you possibly go and get something similar? Yes, but you won't be able to get the exact same one. So now somebody comes in and just think of a price that is just like, yo, I'm gonna give you fifty thousand dollars for that, right? It's like hard to be like, God damn, you know, that's fifty grand, right? But then it's also hard knowing that this might be the last time you see that piece in terms of like this might be the last day I own it ever. And that's where the value goes up. So tricky, right? Yeah, but it, it, there's gonna there's gonna be a price tag that's gonna completely void that thought. It ends a price for everything, right? Someone came in and offered you a million dollars for your couch. I don't give a fuck if that's the only <laughs> couch in this world. Is. You're going to be like, yo, you want some pillows with that, bro? Go into the room, grab extra pillows. Where is it going? <laughs> where, where, where do you need it delivered to? <laughs> I'm sure somebody has paid a million dollars for a couch out there, right? At this point? Possibly. For sure. It, it, it would have to have been a couch that someone famous sat on. Or like one of these like designer nigga. There's panties that have sold on eBay for a million dollars, bro. Worn by I don't know who. By such and such or something, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. It still has juice on it, and it's just, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and you become so famous, you sell your underwear with skid marks for a million. <laughs> I'm sure there's people making a living. Things like yo. These Timberlands were worn worn by uh, Louis Fernandez <laughs> during his construction days. <laughs> Let's oh, start the bid at Did you ever hear about that? I think it was a Christie's auction that uh, Paul Newman they sold his Rolex, like a Rolex sold for X amount of million dollars because it was his. So it's like everything else, you know. Who who it belongs to becomes important. Where art is the same thing. Like who owned that painting is just as important as the work itself. Yeah, I was the, remember that conversation we had the other day about that piece when you showed me that photo and I said that piece had been around for a while. That piece has seen a lot of things. Oh, yours. As much Pedro. interest that I have in it, that piece also has an interest. And what we've done over the years, and now you saying that like the piece who who owned the piece makes it has something to do with it as well. It makes sense that it would because of that perspective. I'm seeing that piece as watching what I've done over a certain time, especially in the places it's been, going from the gallery. Isn't it crazy that it was behind that in that picture I sent you? I didn't even notice it until, like, I had sent it to you. That's crazy. I didn't. I don't even remember that piece being there. Obviously, I put it. It, there it was almost. It was almost like it. I re- I remember it being there, for for a while. I remember. I remember seeing it in and out, in that same spot. And you picked that piece. Yeah. Well, right. Well, what was the deal? Okay. That you would do the photographs. You had it originally. That piece was in Pedro's spot. And one of the first times I met him, that was when this guy was still selling sandwiches in the next door. Peter. Peter was there, yeah. Yeah. I remember one of those days we had a Peter. We went, we went over there to Pedro's, and he had it in his studio. 
and I looked up and I was like, damn. And I kind of stood quiet about it. I didn't want to make a thing. I just saw it and uh, there was a few other pieces. He had a red one, the one that had like the black moon or some shit like that. It was yeah. red. It was just all red, something. He had a lot of smaller pieces, but that one just kind of like stood out. Yeah. I'm always crazy about the blacks and all that. So that painting just really stood out to me. I remember we spoke about it. I pointed out to, to Pedro. And he was like, yeah, 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 and it was, at that time, he was doing a lot of those pieces on wood and doing a little frame. I thought it was interesting. And just that piece, it always, it always looked at me. Every time I went in there, it was looking at me, and I just found something in it that sparked an interest. Sure enough, a couple months go by, you have it in the studio on the wall, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah. hold on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you got the painting? And you're like, uh yeah, you know, I have it here, you know, just to put it on the wall, this and that. And well, no, like, oh, I was trying still... to sell it. Yeah, but it you had it, you, but you had it in the back. It wasn't like, it wasn't on display. You had it, you had it in the back where we were working. Uh-huh. So oh, it, I had it, it in wasn't the back. like, it wasn't like people were coming in to see it. You had it in the space that, where the couch was and the desk was. You had it oh, on yeah, that yeah, wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, In the, like, the office area. Because you can't see it. When you walk in, you can't see that painting. Yeah, the office area. So yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it was up on a show or up on the wall for people to come in and look at it. Yeah. You had to kind of go out of your way. So now, everything there, that was there was still for sale, though. For for uh, for context and for people that yeah. are going to be listening to this. From my perspective, it didn't, see, it didn't seem that way. It just seemed more like it was part of that environment where we worked, that little hangout area. So I saw it there, and I was like, all right, yeah. And then every day, it would fucking be there, just staring at it, staring at it. And something about it, bro. And then there was... Remember, we shot... What was we it? We shot his work. No, we shot we shot Beverly. We did Beverly and we shot uh what's this girl's name? I forget. Anyways, we shot these two girls. It was kinda like back to back and then you were messing around in the back room and you had gotten super unorganized. Like the whole fucking room was a mess. Disaster. And it was showing on you. You would walk out of there super stressed out all the time. You would call me and you would get to you would get to the gallery and you would be like, fuck. You would call me, yo, what are you doing? Go over there. And it was like you just weren't working. And I'm like, what's the problem? And I went into the back room and I was like, what the fuck? And you just didn't. You were going yeah. in circles because you didn't know where to start. With yeah, because that's where I would put all the stuff you didn't have, for the show. You just kept putting things away, move it here, move it there, make a little space in the water, paint. And you were just clustered. So I had went in there, and I reorganized everything. That, that's when I went up the top with the ladder, fucking made the, we made the um, little slots. We rolled up all the papers, put all the frames in there. We cleared up three walls. And we're setting up three walls, having canvas and paper on it. And then sure enough, I had my own little spot. And that's when I went. We went to, to Pearl, and we had gotten a bunch of paints, a bunch of brushes that were on sale. We left there with, like, five bags of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we spent, like, $250. I spent, like, 250 yeah. on shit. And fucking bought it over there. And we went in started painting. And I remember I started that painting. Originally, it was, it was like a face. I was just painting, like, a face. And then the face got fucked up. I didn't know what to do with it. I turned it upside down, and I saw something in it when I turned it upside down. So I started <laughs> painting, and sure enough, it turned into, like, a mountain. And I got in the zone that time. Once once I started seeing, once I started developing, I got into the zone of putting, like, overlapping colors and everything. 
And essentially, it turned into a mountain with a person climbing on the mountain <laughs> with the sun completely engulfing the peak of the mountain. But I was really tuned into this painting. So, like, there was... In, in my head, I was still stuck on it. It was something else before, and I kind of just winged it and see where it went. It turned into something else. And Pedro and his wife walk in. She's We're kind of talking to them, and she turned and looked at the painting and asked you who did that. And she kind of asked you if that was your work. But the way she asked it, she knew it wasn't. Yeah, because they know the, my, yeah, what they my know work your looks work like. So you were like, oh, no, that's Lewis's piece. And she was like, oh, I love it. She's like, tell me. You know, what is it that you were trying to say with this piece? She kind of put me on the spot because I was like, I, I really wasn't trying to say anything. It kind of just took over. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, no, but tell me what it means. And I explained it to her and I said, you know, the the mountain symbolizes because um, the mountain had like levels where you would go up. And the mountain symbolizes life. Like those are the struggles. Every time you get to the next step, you get a little higher. And then the closer you're getting to the peak, the hotter you're getting. The sun was engulfing the peak. So yeah. every step was more struggle, more sweat, more tears, more heat getting to the top. But like that person climbing had like a grip and he was just there. And she she essentially looked at me and like was in awe because she was, she's like, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I'm nice. like, what? <laughs> I'm just like running with it. And I'm like, all right, great. Like I'm at the point where I'm like, you like it so much, just take it. Like I'm not even... This is I'm not even stuck on that piece at all. A hundred percent not stuck. Take the piece. She says, uh, what do you want for it? Never have I been offered money for something that I owned. Yeah. Off rip, how much you want for it? And in my head, I'm like, they're next door. We're always talking. Like, their conversation alone is something I would give it to them for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell her, no, take it. She goes, no, no, no. Let me give you something. I go, no. I take it off the wall and I hand it to her. And I'm like, just take the piece. And she goes... No, and Pedro's kind of like, like grinning, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, that's awesome, you know, like let her give you something, and she turns around and says, uh, do you like any of my husband's pieces? And I was like, kind of, that is crazy. And and then she goes, I'll tell you what, I guess she saw it in my face when she said that something sparked. I try not to give it away, but like something sparked. And it's crazy because even Pedro in that moment is like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> you know? a wait a minute. What do you mean? One of my pieces. <laughs> right. And in my head, I'm thinking like, OK, this is a small piece. I know he has a lot of small pieces. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick. I want to be fair. Yeah. Give something where I feel is in comparison as far as size, as far as value, you know. So she goes, yeah, just come next door. Come see any painting you want. I'll trade you any one of my husband's paintings <laughs> for that one. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> you big. Yeah, you big. Pedro's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Pedro's like, what do you, what do you mean, what you? <laughs> No, 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 this no is, hold up. This just goes to show how when you're married, no decisions are yours. Yeah. Everything you own is your wife. <laughs> you didn't even give it to Pedro. You gave it to her. <laughs> She's like, oh, just pick any one of those. <laughs> she goes, so I go in there, and I'm like, I'm waiting for her to kind of guide me, like to kind of see the painting and be like, okay, like, for this painting, you get anything in this area. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? like this, And this, she just this. walks in the room and she goes, I'm looking around. And, like, my eyes, as soon as I walk in, I'm so used to, and I know exactly where the painting is. So I walk in and my eyes look at it, but I look away. because I'm trying not to, like, make it obvious. Yeah. 
and I walk over towards the smaller paintings. And I walk past the other one. I'm like, like that, the corner of my eye. And I'm looking at the smaller ones. I'm like, mm hmm. And I look back at, I look back at her. She goes, anyone. <laughs> She's <laughs> she awesome, goes, man. Anyone. And I look, I look up, and I, I, again, I look up. Pedro catches me looking up, but I look away. I force myself to look away because I don't want to give him the impression that I'm trying to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. You know? So I go back to the small one. I'm like, eh. She's like, she's like, oh, what's the matter? Like, you know, like, she's like, anyone you want. And then I looked over at her, and he he knew exactly what I was feeling. That's the craziest part. Given my gesture, my body language, everything, he knew yeah, exactly he knew what position I was in. in. Yeah, of course. And when I looked back at him that third time, he says, oh, like, en serio. Like, cualquiera. Yeah, like, pick your Just pick it. Like, home. I already yeah. know where you're at. Pick it. Just you're all like, you got to say is that. You're amongst friends. And sure enough, I look, and I, I was like, I look at it, and she goes, he goes, oh, you like that one, right? And she goes, oh, which one? And he already knew. He goes, oh, that one there. She goes, oh, that's the one you want? Mind you, they're, s they're separate at this point because they were, he had them kind of tight together. And, and uh -huh. now they had like a space between, they had a space between them. Uh -huh. so, so I I, point, I look up at that one and then she goes, okay, that one. So. Oh, you she, didn't know it was a diptych? You didn't know it was two? I knew it was two. Oh, okay. I know it was two. She didn't. Oh, <laughs> so, no, she had to have known. No, no, she didn't know. Nah. She didn't. I swear really? she didn't know. Because the, the one with the yellow stain on it, uh -huh. she saw that and she goes, okay, like that one. So she goes to get that one and she goes, okay, perfect. Like, that's the one. And then Pedro's like taking it out. He goes, no, no, no. Like, he's moving the ladder over. She's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got to get the other piece. And it she goes, goes what do you mean? She's like, yeah, it goes with that piece. Yeah. And then she's like, oh. Like, <laughs> she got like, oh. <laughs> yeah. She's like, one was okay. Two, eh, I don't know about this nah, this move. You know, and then he, and then, you know, and I, I even at that point when, when he was pointing that out to her, I could tell that she kind of felt like she overstepped that trade. And he was like, oh, no, don't worry. Like, that's the piece. Like, I know that's the one he wants, like. You already told him anyone, like, this is the one he wants. I know it. And then he even turned around it, and I even said, I go, oh, man, I feel bad. Like, I, I feel bad asking for that one. He goes, no. And he told me, I'll never forget, because you walked in at that point. And he said, um, I'd rather give it to you knowing that you're going to keep it and cherish it than to sell it to someone else who's going to try to sell it for money. Look at that. Crazy, right? And then it's been how it's been like ten years. That paintings you've had it for like a decade. Yeah, just. About. And then last time we went there the other day, he knew you still had it. He still. I when you Facetime with me, I showed him. I turned. Oh, up, that's how he knew. I that's showed right. him on the. You know how good that must have felt for him. For anybody, bro. That's like I had that set up do. with the table clean, like that shit was right there. You see, that's that's my argument. I don't think you could get that same type of feeling or that same type of connection from something you would walk into a big box store and buy. Like it just, I mean, maybe you can. I just don't think. It's on a different level. That's what I'm saying. Like there's a different level. An artist buying from another artist or someone in the art industry, someone in the design industry, they understand. It's they're buying it on a different with a different purpose. 
with a different idea. Like, well, yeah, they buy because they like it. They well, buy maybe they didn't buy it. Maybe they were gifted it. Maybe they did a trade. Yeah, in your case, it was a trade. But think about this: in the art industry itself, it's all tied in. Designers, artists, whatever the case is, evolving art, drawing, painting, everything. Those artists will most likely trade with someone else for something. Yeah, because they have some will yeah those same interests. So yeah. more than those, those pieces are being moved around. Maybe not with monetary value behind it but they're being moved around and those pieces are going to have more value to that owner because they understand, they know the same way. If I had a piece from you, I, I know what it took to make that piece. I would have been there. Like the piece has more meaning. Like, I can't believe you don't have one of my pieces. Well, not a lot of people do, you know that? Yeah. Because you destroy all of them. I know. <laughs> that's horrible every time i've told you i thought a piece was dope the next time i come see it it's white you gotta take it man that's the problem hey i like that piece here they oh damon has that a one a that little one drawing with, of the, mine. with the baby bro that that one you had a dope one that was like a semi-fetus turning into a baby it reminded me the reason why i like that one so much one with the colors the dopest fuck in there two you know it was a nice size and three it reminded me of the first time that i went to your house Cause the first time I went to your house, I the first thing I saw. Well, not, it wasn't the first thing I saw. I glanced at it, but then you spoke to me about it afterwards when I was leaving. Mm-hmm. Was that piece of the fetus that you had that you submitted into school and you won some shit there? Oh yeah, high school. So it re- it kind of it kind of reminded me of that piece. So essentially, it reminded me of the first time that I went to your house, and then it was yeah, in it was the, the gallery. It was there. It kind of like and it fit my style of art, like the shit that I like that you've done. And then I remember you were holding it for me, and I never got it. And you fucking cleared out a bunch of art, and you got rid of that one. The problem with that, <laughs> the problem with that, with that series, it was a couple of those. They were, they were like three feet by three feet or four mm-hmm. feet by four. They were like thirty-six inches by thirty-six inches. Yeah. The problem is that that paper, um, it had gotten wet, cause the back studio of that gallery, when it rained, it, it used to drip. Out. There was a section close to the door since the frame was messed up. It used to drip. And then that paper had been laying on the floor, all of those stacks, and then it got wet. And then that paper developed mold. And even though I aired it out and I took it out, it nev- that, that smell never left that paper. And I tried painting over, I tried doing it, and that, like, that smell always stuck with that paper. And every time I would see it or unroll it, like, like, you get that strong, moldy smell. Fuck. And then I ended up throwing away a ton of them. Like, I don't know, maybe four, five, six of them. You should have taken that one, man. Yeah, that was a dope one. It's crazy how, I mean, what nothing surprises me anymore. But it's... it's from what I've been seeing and from what I've seen in the past or read in the past, like the three major reasons why people buy art, right, is one, because they love it. Two, because of investing, because they're going to pay X amount and then in the future get X amount. Or then three, for the social status of it. To be able to say, I own that piece while you're entertaining, so on and so forth, you know? 
So this is big. This is like at the highest level. And this is why people are purchasing artwork. This is everything, you know, from painting to yeah, and those sculpture. Three, and those, those three reasons are usually tied in together. It's not just one or the other. So if the person who's buying it because they love it is also buying it for that social value that it has to, to say that I own that piece. And if that's the case, then they're buying it to have that work. Like, to ha- like yeah, I love it. I love it. How it looks, how it makes me feel, but I also get to rub it into people's faces that I have that piece. And now, when you go back to talking about does a piece lose value if it's reproduction, mm-hmm. then yes, in that sort of. in that case, hundred percent, because that person's buying it for those bragging rights, and you can't have those bragging rights if you have a reproduction. Yeah. Crazy shit, right? Like those top three reasons. Well, who are those coming from? Just people who buy art in general. Yeah, from the market. See, but then do do you think the people who are purchasing pieces at Target or Z Gallery or West Elm are considering themselves art buyers? No, no. So these are like legit art buyers, people who are buying art, who claim to in buy the real, art. not who claim, like in the real so work in the real market. Buy yeah, art. Yeah. See, so there, there's a difference in that. Oh, absolutely. There's a difference in perspective. There's people out there that buy work 100% as an investment just because it's going to have a resale value. You know? So the perspective, the idea is that the perspective changes from people who people who are actually buying work and consider themselves as buying work, people who buy work than to people who are just buying decorations, like you say. Yeah. That's that's where the question comes in is if the work loses value by being a reproduction, if if it matters to the consumer whether or not they have those bragging rights. Yeah. Like I said, if someone someone who's buying it on the daily, like they're going somewhere and they're just picking up a few pieces of creative art. I still consider it art, whether it was reproduction, whether it was just made as a decoration. Like the intention of buying that is to create an environment of art. Yeah. So that person's not going to care if you came over and looked at it and said like, oh, like this is a knockoff of such and such. It's like yeah. fuck you. Like that's part of my shit. Like you wouldn't say that to that person anyway. You would say it to the person who has a bunch of work and considers themselves as an art buyer, and then has a fake piece there that they claim to be real. Maybe yeah, you know. But if they knew it was reproduction and it was like yeah, like you probably wouldn't say nothing about it either. Like who's really gonna point that well, out? You're not gonna be rude and go to somebody's fucking house or business and be like, but oh, you'll leave and be like, oh, did you see that fake ass piece that they had? <laughs> I think you do that with anything though. If somebody like I pull up here, you see me wearing a fake Rolex. I mean, we're we're friends, so you might be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing wearing a fake Rolex? No, but, but then then again, you know, it's it's the the reason you're doing it behind. It's the it's the reason that comes with having that. 
if you're having if you went and bought a fake Rolex and you're walking around claiming to have all these big bucks and that you run shit and that piece and is supposed to signify stunned. that <laughs> but you, it's a fake Rolex yeah. then fuck you you're a piece of shit you're an asshole you know but if your dreams is to own a Rolex and you're just practical and understand that you're never going to get there and you buy a knockoff just to resemble just for you to have that and be like feel good to like just have something that looks like that on your wrist mm. then it's okay because you know it and if someone tries you about it you're gonna be like yeah like it's not real like but what like what's it to you like okay but following that train of thought do you at that point buy something that has a lot of influences from a brand like rolex from a different manufacturer of watches or do you flat out buy a knockoff Rolex? Because those are two separate things. There's a lot of watches out there that have a lot of influence from Rolex. And then another thing is just flat out a cheap replica that is intended to fool, you know? And more, and, and more than likely, the person buying the flat out fake one is gonna put up a front like if it's real more than likely yeah that i think that's what they're buying it for yeah so then yeah. you're you it's safe to assume that you can tell that guy to fuck off <laughs> yeah you gotta know who you're dealing with yeah you kind of know what kind of person you're dealing with you, there's a lot of fakes in the art world too man yeah but those okay but those fakes are known by the seller a lot of the buyers some are, wouldn't. Some. The buyers are the ones that would get fooled in that situation. Yeah. The same way with counterfeit. If you're making counterfeit money, the person making it knows it's fake. The person getting it thinks it's real. Yeah. You know? So, like, at what point does it get, like, lost? You think you ever get rid of that piece? I don't know. I I know one thing. No one's going to offer the money that it would require to sell it. Because I don't even know that number. When I hear it, I'll know it. You'll know it. But something tells me that no one's going to offer me that piece, that money for that piece. Have until recently or prior to that did you realize how long you've had that piece already and did you realize like you've you've carried it from place to place yeah you've, you've thought about that before I physically like during moving it, every time i've moved it i've grabbed the piece and like the m flashes of moving it around have come into play because it's always been the same thing like i've always put it in the same place in the truck yeah. I've always done the same thing to it. Slides in between the back seat and and the back of the front seat. Like I just I have that repetition of moving it over and over again. And I from place like from from the gallery to the studio, from the studio to my house to my mom's house, it's always been in rotation. So it, it's almost like a deja vu of moving that piece around. Yeah. But the pieces is is crazy because it's. To me, the piece is alive. That's the dope. piece is alive, and and the idea of caring for something like that, like an original piece, like the the care factor behind it came from you. 
as far as understanding like how to move pieces how to hang pieces why you take care of it how delicate it is even though it's, it's constructed out of wood like there's been times where i've been adjusting it and i've loosened up the staples on the wood so there's some corners that are you know they kind of decay over time and the staple might not hold correctly so it's a little loose but yeah you know that's part of it now yeah it's part of it now it, you're at this point you moving it around and it traveling with you from space to pay from space to space has given it a certain patina yeah like a little a little nick here a little nick there like it becomes part yeah, of it th- it has a nick well it, it's not noticeable i know it's there and it's significant but the piece is so abstract that the person seeing it would not know yeah you know supposed to be yeah. or not but i know it's there i know how it happened and that piece like during that incident it, it that piece might as well had a mouth and said like ow yeah because that's how I see that piece as being alive. Like, that shit. The times I've had in the back where I've had to stuff other things around it. Like, I'll, I look back to check up on the pieces to make sure everything's secure. Yeah. And in my head, I hear the piece saying, like, like I'm stuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's dope, right? That's crazy that something could bring out that much. That's perfect, man. This was perfect. This was fucking ideal. We're, we're going <laughs> to leave it at that. Yeah, fuck yeah. I like that. All right, man. That was the first podcast with Luis Fernandez and myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>